0: Your state. Your team. Your show. This is Sports Nightly.
1: Snap back to Adrian. Fakes a handoff. Keeps it himself. Adrian goes. 30, 25, 20, 15. Cuts back at the
2: 10-5. Touchdown, Nebraska. Adrian Martinez from 41 yards out. Huskers within a
0: PAT a tie in this game. All right, let's go sports nightly is presented by the ndot highway safety office who reminds you to buckle up and put the phone down now let's check the pulse of husker nation with your hosts greg sharp and ben mclaughlin
1: yeah we're here wednesday night full show coming your way tonight so glad you chose us to spend a little bit of your wednesday night with us a hum day right getting closer to another weekend People still digging out from the snowstorm over the weekend and more and more cars getting stuck around town. I was involved in one of those today myself, so um, that time of year, right? It's January, snow, that kind of time of year. All right, here's what we have on the show for you tonight. Our good buddy Jeremiah Searle is going to join us here in a little bit. We'll get Jeremiah's take on all the latest happenings with Husker football, with the particularly the announcement yesterday of the three young men who were entering the transfer portal. What does that mean for nebraska we'll get his thoughts on that and also if you if you're on social media you might have seen jeremiah breaking a table that i mean is that right ben he broke a table that's that i guess that's just what bills fans
3: do they just uh you know they they hop on the tables and they and they bust them to to be a part of their their bills mafia and i think he was officially
1: um Welcomed into that. So, congratulations to him. <laughs> We're going to get the story on that. He was apparently in the parking lot at Arrowhead for the uh, AFC Championship game, and he retired as a Buffalo Bill. So, we'll find out what that's all about with Jeremiah coming up here in a little bit. I can't wait. Our number two it's our women's basketball show for the week. Amy Williams will be chatting with Matt Cotney. Oscar's coming off a victory over Illinois a couple of nights ago. They get set to host the Badgers tomorrow night. In fact, that will shorten our show tomorrow evening. So, uh, Matt will get the latest on Husker women's hoops. They're playing well. I know disappointed that they dropped the home game a week ago to Minnesota, but uh, been playing good basketball, including a road win at Illinois on Monday. So that show coming up in hour number two. So get your comments, questions ready for Coach Williams in the second hour. Third hour, buy, sell. It's Wednesday night, so buy, sell is back. We will see how he fared in some of the questions from last week and see what the guys have come up with for for questions for this week. And we'll talk some Husker wrestling with Mark Manning in hour number three as well. They get set to host Wisconsin over the weekend, a Sunday duel at the Devaney Center. Nebraska coming off of a sweep over the weekend where they beat both Northwestern and Maryland in duels on a Saturday. So we'll hear from Coach Manning about where this team is now a couple of weeks into their season. They had the opening win over Minnesota, lost at Iowa, and then won the two matches last week. So they're currently 3-1 and one in duels in Big Ten play. So an update from the coach coming up in the third hour. Um, speaking of, of, of Jeremiah being at Arrowhead, th- this is that lull in the NFL where you have the two weeks off between the championship games and the Super Bowl. As a fan, I don't know that I love it. I understand that there's a lot of logistical work that the teams and the players need to do, you know, in, in a normal situation where you get a lot of people coming into the game, and, and this is going to be a more of a controlled environment this year because of COVID, so there won't be a sellout crowd and all that. And so I understand that, you know, there's a lot of things for players to deal with, Ben, you know, getting tickets lined up, getting arrangements lined up for family to be there. And so a lot of people feel like they, they need that extra week. I don't like it because I, I mean, I, I'm ready for the next game to come, right? I'm ready for the Super Bowl to happen, but we do have to wait another ten days before that takes place. Well, are you? Are you a fan of the of the break, or are you just used to it after all these years of doing this?
3: Yeah, I mean, I guess I'm used to it. The, the fan in me wants, you know, once the game happened to this weekend, but you know, I guess the fanatic in me. Is fine with it, at least right now, knowing where the Chiefs are injury wise. I think this week is, and next week are going to do Kansas City a lot of good in getting some guys back on the field. Le'Veon Bell, Sammy Watkins, Willie Gay, Rashad Fenton, all guys that have missed time. Uh, You know, that they could use a week off. Patrick Mahomes, I'm not opposed to giving him a week off that foot. And, you know, if there is any lingering effects from uh, his concussion protocol, I, I don't think that there is based on how he played on Sunday, but I think uh, you know getting those guys healthy to me is worth the the week wait. And plus, I think for fans too, just casual football fans that want to watch it, I think they want to watch the teams at full strength. You know, I think Buffalo's another team that, um, or excuse me, not not Buffalo, but um, the Buccaneers are another team that's gonna take advantage of the of the week off i know they're they're down a couple of safeties right now including the rookie from minnesota antoine winfield who's missing time with an ankle injury um i think that you know both teams are probably going to benefit from it and, and i think that's what we want we want both teams close to 100 percent that's not why they're not playing this week but you know just the kind of the uh, another set of circumstances that that are going to allow this uh, this game to happen with teams close to full strength well, the Chiefs
1: should be by far the most more rested team of the two. I mean, the Chiefs were able to sit a lot of their starters in Week 17 because they'd already wrapped up home field. The Bucks had to play their guys. Then the Bucks didn't get the bye because they weren't the number one seed in the NFC, so they played three games on the road, which is remarkable to be able to do that and make that run to the Super Bowl. So you know they have, they're welcoming this, this bye week to try to uh, kind of rally the troops and get get healthy a little bit. Uh, But if I'm Kansas City, I I, I would want to be going. But uh, there was a couple of years ago where they didn't have the week off. They just blasted right into it. And I don't remember the reason for that. But this is fairly traditional, that there is a week off between the championship games and the Super Bowl. And it it throws a lot of people's clock off a little bit. If you do want some football this weekend, you're going to have the Senior Bowl going on. And former Husker Brendan Hymas is down there competing in the Senior Bowl. And they... The, all these guys go through practices, workouts during the week, and all the NFL scouts are there. I mean, they are, they're, they're lining up a lot of people. I remember how well Khalil Davis did a year ago at some of these All-Star games. I think really bolstered his stock to becoming a draft pick. And by all accounts, Ben, it sounds like Brendan's doing the same thing, but he's, he's catching some eyes with his performance in some of these practice sessions. Yeah, first one went well today. At least to the, it was televised today on ESPNU,
3: so maybe some people watched it or saw it. It, it was. It's always interesting seeing at these at these you know collegiate bowls, these kind of all-star games, so to speak, at, at the end of the year with, um, you know the, basically the the talent pool that's going to enter the NFL and how they stack up with one another against the drills, offensive and defensive linemen. Uh, wide receiver, cornerbacks. How do those guys do in the drills against each other? Um, always something that that's intriguing, and there are a lot of scouts, a lot of people that have eyes on these games and uh, in these drills, and you know, see how guys perform their fundamentals, their techniques, and you know, some of these guys shoot up, some of these guys drop down, and you know, hopefully, Hymas is one that uh, is a guy that's moving in the right direction in the draft. He's draftable, right? Confident that he is a draft pick, I think. I think so. I I feel fairly confident that that he'll be picked. Uh, I I don't know that he would have left Nebraska that early if if he wasn't um, hearing the things that he wanted to hear. You know, uh, with his projectables and
1: uh, you know his draft grades. So yeah, I I would be surprised if he wasn't picked. Four-year starter, man. Started out on the right side and moved to left tackle his sophomore year and. Didn't redshirt at Nebraska. Did get his degree, which is great. I uh, really enjoy getting you to know Brendan and we'll be rooting for him in the senior bowl and obviously for the draft coming up in a few months. Buckle up, put the phone down. That's a reminder from the NDOT Highway Safety Office. Josh had a couple of these items in the ticker. Pat Fitzgerald with a new long-term contract with Northwestern. Just give the man a lifetime contract, right? I mean, he's – I don't think he's – Unless the Bears' job is attractive to him, and it, maybe it is, I'm not inside of his head, so I don't know. But he just screams Northwestern, and he's been there so long. I, I don't think he's going anywhere. Just give the man a lifetime deal. There, there apparently was a a big push
3: for a couple of NFL teams sniffing around him, and it, you know, I, I don't. If if he hasn't bitten by now, I just don't see it happening. I, I think we've all said for years that he is going to. Retire a, a Northwestern head coach, and you know if the, if he's turning down NFL jobs, it's hard to imagine that there's going to be a place where he's more happy. So, yeah, to me, it, to me, it sounds like uh, it's a Northwestern thing, and and we can just get used to him wearing purple. I think we have already, but I, if I'm a Northwestern fan, I wouldn't worry about him going anywhere.
1: You know, and the other thing Josh had in the ticker was Tennessee has made a hire. Josh Heupel is going to be their new coach. He took over for Scott Frost at UCF, did a nice job at UCF, didn't get it to the heights that that one year that Scott Frost had down there. So Tennessee has hired him. And and we've mentioned from time to time how there are are parallels between the Nebraska program and the Tennessee program. Um, Both had great decades of the 90s and then just haven't been able to kind of find the right formula moving forward. So they go and they hire UCF's. A. D. Who then turns around and hires UCF's head coach. What do you make of that hire for the Vols? <laughs> I
3: mean, uh, it's been it's been funny looking at the Tennessee fans' reactions to this today. Um, and, and admittedly, I would be the same way if I wore that that orange color as as my favorite team. You know, to if you if you're Danny White to make it look like you've you know exhausted all your options and you know hypo was the one that that ended up you know getting the nod over all these other candidates. It's like give me a break. You, like as soon as he was hired, he kind of felt like uh, at least hindsight now that this was this was always going to be the hire. And you know it's just kind of funny how it uh, it plays out for them. I think it was a pie in the sky for Vols fans to you know, get get some of the names that they were throwing out there, um, you know, to come to come coach in Knoxville. Um I think I think Coach Hypels probably is about as as good as they could have gotten with with their situation. So yeah, I I mean it's it's just funny how it all works out. You know, the A D gets a job, brings his head coach with him and all the while acting like you know, all the, we all the, we I, I went through all I went all through all these candidates, and I just yeah. I just kept coming back to him. And Coach Heupel was the one that uh, that stuck with me the most. It's just, yeah, you could play you could play that game all you want, and, and whether it's true or not, it's nobody's going to give you the benefit of the doubt.
1: <laughs> I, I do think they kicked some tires, and in fact, I'm sure they did. Re- there were reports that they they looked at P.J. Fleck at Minnesota, which would have made some sense, but. He didn't, he didn't end up wanting it, or they couldn't come to him. Whatever, it didn't happen. But I, I, I do think that there was a little bit to that talk that P.J. Fleck was at least in conversation with him. Remember, Tennessee's the one that they had Greg Schiano hired as their head coach, and then there was like a revolt among the boosters of Tennessee that that isn't who they wanted. And so they fired the AD, reneged on the deal with Shiano and then went a different direction, and it didn't work out for him, And they had to be sitting back watching what Shiano Ben did this year at Rutgers, which was pretty remarkable. I mean, he he turned Rutgers into a pretty competent football team that won a handful of Big Ten games here in this past fall. There haven't been very many times
3: that Nebraska, who's struggled mightily in the Big Ten, as we all know, where Rutgers is, is the opponent and I'm worried about him. There hasn't been very many times that that's happened, even for a team that hasn't, had a 500 record in how many years. Uh, but this year was one of those years. And I think it was partly because of where we were as a program, but definitely where coach Ciano had, had, had Rutgers at the time too. So I, yeah, it's a major tip of the cap and they they were a lot more competitive in games than, than we're used to. I don't know that you can just look at, you know, especially if you're not Ohio state, you can just look at Rutgers and go up oh, easy win, you know, 24, 28 point win or Michigan beating the, crap out of those guys 62 to nothing or 69 to nothing
1: or whatever it was a couple years ago. I I don't think that's going to happen anymore. They went three and six if memory serves and they lost a, like a triple overtime game to Michigan. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, they were, they were close to being a 500 football team in a conference only schedule. Imagine if Shiano would have gotten the normal cupcake city to start the year with a couple of layup wins, which they generally do. I mean, he might have had that team ready to get into a postseason during a normal fall, so he did a, a great job there. All right, those are some of the things we're kicking around here tonight. Those are the tires we're kicking around here on the program tonight. When we come back, our own Jeremiah Searles will join us. We'll get his take on some of the happenings in recent weeks for Husker football, and i got to find out about this table smashing that he did at Arrowhead over the weekends. So we'll come back with Jeremiah.
4: We're back on a Wednesday night
1: Sports night here on the Husker Sports Network and delighted to be joined by our own Jeremiah Searles, who I I was on social media on Sunday, and I see this guy <laughs> at the back of a pickup truck jumping on top of a table in the parking lot of Arrowhead in Kansas City, and he, he struck an amazing resemblance to Jeremiah Searles. Could that have Whoa. been you?
5: It was me. It was. It's <laughs> nice to be chatting with you at 6.30 p.m., um, yeah, not yeah. a nice a.m. It's, it's a good change of pace. But, yeah, I did get the chance to make my way down to Kansas City to support the boys in blue there and didn't quite go the way we
1: planned. But I'll tell you this, Arrowhead's a fun place to tailgate. You, you, you spent some time with several different franchises. Mm-hmm. Which one do you have? the? Would it be the Vikings that you have the most memories of because you played the most with them? Or, or And how was each franchise maybe a little different?
5: Yeah, so San Diego is is just kind of my intro to the NFL, right? I mean, you come from a place of Nebraska where it's a complete diehard fandom, and you go to San Diego, which really didn't have the fandom that I kind of thought that every NFL team had, right? You think San Diego, cool place. Qualcomm was an absolute dump. Um, and then that yeah. didn't help that the the fans there I mean just weren't very interested. So then I get traded to Minnesota and great fan base and just so many good memories there, especially with the twenty seventeen team, the Minneapolis Miracle going all the way to the NFC championship. And I mean, that was just such a special thirteen and three season. And then I go to the Bills and get to kind of flip for it. Brand-new quarterback, rookie, young gun. We go 6-10 and 10 my first year there. And But really, the fandom in, in Buffalo is so much like Nebraska. Just diehards, every game, supporting you no matter what. I mean, it could be minus 20 out, and the, the tailgates would still be packed. And I am so sad that Orchard Park, Buffalo, New York, didn't get to go to home, two home playoff games after 25-year drought. I mean, that place would have
1: just burnt to the ground. Yeah, it would have. How, how about um, – the way they treat players, was it different from organization to organization or is it all pretty standard? The fans or like the front offices? No, just the, the, how, the, how the franchise treated their players. You know, I think the biggest difference
5: was when I got to Buffalo, they were really big on every coach, every GM says we got to recruit the right guys, right? I mean, or we got to bring in the right guys, draft, free agency. But Buffalo really sticks to that. And there's been multiple times, I think Buffalo's turned down some incredibly talented players because they didn't fit the mold that they wanted to there in Buffalo. And there's something about Every player in Buffalo has to somewhat embrace the the Buffalo Bill Orchard Park New York mentality of it's cold, it's snowy, it's gross, and it's just football. And some guys can do that and some guys can't. And so they really treated you differently up there of kind of this is the culture and you can buy in or you can kind of hit the road. And some guys have hit the road up there. I mean, when they wanted to bring Antonio Brown, they were like, no, he doesn't fit. Unbelievable time playing in the Super Bowl, but he just didn't fit the mold up there and, and Buffalo really sticks to a Sean McDermott Brandon bean I mean coach of the year GM of the year type guys really understand what it takes to put a winning culture together and they're really doing it nice job up there up north.
1: Jeremiah Searles with us here on sports on a former Husker and former NFL offensive lineman Kurt Warner a couple of weeks ago made the statement that he thinks that playoff games ought to be played at neutral sites in good weather. That, you you know, having to play games in bad weather in Green Bay or even Kansas City or Buffalo or a lot of places in the NFL are cold weather climates. What do you make of that? No, that's a terrible idea.
5: Sorry, crew Warren, I know you're one of the best, but <laughs> you, with with you. Why, play, why play for home field advantage then? I mean, if that's the case, you might as well take the top eight teams or top seven teams, whatever it's going to be, and just roll a bunch of dice of wherever the seating is going to be. I think that if you're playing for home field advantage and it shows throughout the NFL year, the guys that can play at home and protect home turf are the greatest teams in the NFL that year. And so you deserve and you've earned the right to say the road for the Super Bowl comes through wherever. And I don't care if it's cold. That's part of it. That's part of football, right? I mean, that's like the idea of, I think Skip Bayless had the, the great take of, well, if Patrick Mahomes has a concussion, you know, we should just wait until he's healthy. It's like, no, that's part of the game. No. Like, yeah. like the, there's something about just the part of the the natural piece and the originality of the NFL of, you know what, it's cold, it's gross, it's windy, or it's, it's hot, it's sunny, and you just you play to the elements. It's an added element to the game, which is what makes football the greatest game ever
1: played. And how unfair to the fans who are loyal to a team Mm. and go, oh, you made the playoffs. Great. We're going to go play this next game at Jerry Stadium in Dallas. So you can't come. But thanks for the support during the season. We appreciate that.
5: Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. It's like, hey, love us all season. And then when the bullets really start flying and everything's on the line, travel to Tampa or travel to Detroit or wherever there's an indoor stadium so we can have a neutral site. No, I'm very much out on that idea. Glad to hear you say
1: that. You and I think a lot alike. That's great. We do. Uh, Kurt Warner's son, Cade, was has been a Husker, was a captain this past year, and then it came out earlier this week that he, Luke McCaffrey, and Will Farniak are all entering the transfer portal. <laughs> what did you make of those decisions?
5: You know, at first I was a little shocked. Um, at first I was, I was kind of like, man, this is what's going on here, but then if you really kind of take a step back the last few days and zoom out to the bigger picture, which is not the the Husker bubble, right? For Nebraska football, we live in our kind of our own bubble of Husker football, and at times we have struggles of kind of looking at the broader picture. And, you know, you kind of look around the league and you look around the Big Ten, and you look around the SEC, the Pac-12, this is the nature of college football right now. This is not something that's new to everything that's going on. Now, I will say we haven't had some of the bigger names transfer out of Nebraska. Guys that have been buried two, three on the depth chart, sure. But guys that have been playing and starting and contributing leaving, that's a tougher pill to swallow. But at the end of the day, I kind of look at it from a business perspective where if you bench a guy and you say, you know, we're going in a different direction, that's a business decision by the team. A lot of these kids view this as a business decision of what they can view for them to make the best efforts in them. And do I agree with it all the time? No. But a lot of times, too, we don't get the full picture as to why people are leaving and why people are going. And a perfect example is we got the running back coming in from USC, right? He transferred. Everyone's like, boom, transfer portal, love it. And then we have a couple of guys that want to move out. It's like, boo, transfer portal, hate it. So I think that you kind of don't get both here. And we're going to have to learn as fans and as analysts and as post players and, and guys that just kind of this is how we have to accept it and not learn as it's attacking kids. And kids are soft for not wanting to go, but just understand that this is the new nature of college football. And we really just kind of had to roll with it and figure out how we're going to navigate through these times
1: jeremiah we're approaching 1500 names in the transfer portal there's not scholarships for 1500 players a lot of these guys are going to be out in the cold right
5: yeah and i think that that's something that universities now that we're as we're adapting universities need to adapt in really educating players on what it means to hit the transfer portal button I mean, if if you're thinking, hey, I got a scholarship here, I'm going to get an education, I'm going to get a chance to compete and play football, but I want to go somewhere I can start and do something right away. I mean, it's the age old adage that grass is always greener on the other side, right? Until sometimes you're standing there going, I never made it to the other side and you're sitting there in the transfer portal going, wow, I'm not even gonna play football this year because there's just not enough room for all these kids of incoming kids out of high school, transfer portals. Like, I really do think we're doing kids a disservice if we don't educate them on the risks that they take by hitting the transfer portal and understanding full well, when you sign up for this, you're giving up a whole lot that kids would die for to have the opportunity to do it at a school like Nebraska, Ohio State, South Dakota State, I mean, so many different places that you can't just assume you're going to get picked back up somewhere right away now a guy like a guy like luke sure yeah i think of a guy like little farniak doesn't have a ton of playing tape doesn't have a ton of experience does he think he's gonna make a lateral move or does he think he's gonna have to make a move down or what's gonna happen with him there's so many factors that go into these types of decisions
1: how do you feel about the the offensive line and we just go over the losses you've got hymas who's been at the senior day this week he's gonna be fine Matt Farniak goes, we'll, we'll, we'll maybe get invited to camp. I don't know that he gets drafted. Will Farniak transfers. Bo Wilson leaves, ends up at Western Kentucky. Matt Anderson leaves, goes to Louisiana. Uh, Christian Gaylord says, no, I'm, I'm done after six years. I don't want to do a seventh. <laughs> are, you, are you feeling okay about the offensive line coming back? I think there's a lot of question
5: marks. I mean, the thing that gives me hope is watching Turner Cochran against that last mm-hmm. game of Rutgers. I thought he played extremely well. So, I mean, you got a young guy there. You got a guy in Bryce Benhart who you usually see a lot of guys take big jumps in their second year starting, right? You see guys that are kind of no longer just getting their feet wet, but now they can now shift from surviving to contributing at a very high level. Then you got Cam Jurgens, who's going to be really the veteran kind of in there at center holding everything down now being year three starting, but he's got his own bit of issues going on with the snap issues that came through this year and a little bit of everything there. You've got Ethan Piper going into a second full year of starting, which I really like. And then the right guard spot's kind of where you're looking going, who do we fill in here? Like, who who's going to be the guy that steps in? There's a lot of names that could get thrown in there, but I think that we'll see a lot of rotation in there during training camp and kind of see who's going to take over that spot. I'm not entirely sure who takes over that spot. I, I almost guarantee you it's going to be a name that we're all going to go in September. Really? Him? All right. And then kind of roll with it. I mean, there's a lot of guys that have experience there, but I could see Hickson being in the mix of a guy that's got a year starting experience. He sat the bench last year, maybe developed a little bit more, get him a chance to go in there and compete. But we got a lot of young talent coming in on the offensive line in these recruiting classes. I want to see them sit the bench for one or two years, develop physically, and then get put out there. So it's on these young guys that are on the offensive line right now to hold their jobs down so that you can start developing the second tier of the pipeline here in two, three years.
1: Another name that keeps popping in my head is is Nori, the the transfer from Colorado State who grew up in Norris, because I remember Greg Austin saying over the summer, don't sleep on Nori." Well, there's a guy that started at CSU two years ago, sat this year, didn't get any snaps. And you also have – there was Ezra Miller, the transfer from Iowa a year ago that sat out this year. I think there's going to be some real intense competition, which will make spring ball fun to follow here in in a couple of months. All right, uh, you doing okay? Family all right? Everything good in your world? Yeah, man. Everything's good here. Finally got shoveled out after the last few days
5: of snow blowing Ooh. like crazy. So got to survive Snow snowmageddon 2021. So I, I I loved it. I was I've gone through four tanks of gas on my ATV just ripping around the neighborhood having fun there. So <laughs> everything's good here. Baby girl coming in March and little man got his first haircut
1: today. So my little family's growing right along here. Very good. Well, it's always good to catch up with you. Thanks for your insight. Glad you survived your table drop. You didn't hurt yourself, did you? Did you absolutely? Did you not. feel bad I, I, the, the my next only day re, at all?
5: My only re, my only regret is I didn't get higher. I should have. Guys should have put a little bit of more spring in the legs and really gave the full force into that table.
1: Yeah, maybe, but the hip might have felt it the next day. That's true. That's true. The well, there's back. always next year. There's always next yeah. year. <laughs> Very good. Hey, we appreciate it. Thanks, Jeremiah. Absolutely, guys. Go big red.
0: Tonight, it's the Nebraska Women's Basketball Show right here on the Husker Sports Network.
2: Sam out top, drives down the left lane line, drives, the skims the rim, not good. Put back up by Bella Cravens, it in. Bella Cravens with a big putback. She's got four. Two point game, seven seconds to go, third quarter.
0: Our weekly look inside Husker Women's Basketball.
2: Sam Ivy in the four Court, Huskers. Trail by one, they can take the lead with the Basketeers. Scoggin off the bounce, projects the screen. Back to Ani Stewart for three right wing You betcha honey stewart gets nebraska the lead with the head coach amy williams Nye looking 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 throws it here's another steal a steal by the huskers ivy took it away dribbling around with six seconds and she's fouled the huskers get two steals on two consecutive a line eye inbound plays in the final 15 seconds and that one might be a dagger
0: Sponsored in part by your Midwest Ford Dealers. Visit online at yourmidwestforddealers.com. Now here's your host, Matt Cotney
2: Oh, welcome to the Nebraska Women's Basketball Radio Show. It's a fun time to be a Husker fan, isn't it, everybody? Amy Williams is with us. We'll take your calls tonight and your text at 531-500-4686. 531-500-4686. The Huskers are 8-5. and five. Coming off a great road win against the Fighting Illini. You heard some of the highlights there that Josh Hilkeman put together. 57-53 to 53 Monday night. The Big Red has won three of their last four. They won five of their last seven. But Amy Williams, going into this show. I've often thought the worst car incident you've had since you became coach here five years ago may have been your first year when uh, you didn't know you parked in the wrong spot and I had to go take you to find your car where the city authorities had taken it after doing this show. I want to know what... What kind of condition was your car in when you came back from Illinois flying back on Monday? Was it entombed in 14 inches of snow, or did you have some help digging that thing out?
6: Do you know that we are just so blessed and spoiled rotten? And you want to talk about outstanding customer service. But um, when we got back, all of our cars that were parked out on the tarmac – they had moved out of the way and snowblown and shoveled, or, you know, shoved all of the snow off the tarmac. Reparked our cars back exactly where they were. They were completely cleared off. No, not a ounce of snow anywhere on them. And most of the cars were started and warmed up and running when we landed the plane. So <laughs> I just don't even know how to explain um, just how blessed we are. That was just pretty amazing uh, uh, to come home to that after a good road win. Just a, uh, a, a just a special, special treat, and, and our kids um, were very grateful.
2: So. Now, did you tell the team, especially the newcomers, that the airport crew only does that if you win the road game, that if they hadn't pulled that one out, that they'd have been digging those cars out and they wouldn't have started those vehicles for them. Is that, is oh that coaching goodness. motivation you can use? I'll tell
6: you, that's something that we might try to use as a coaching staff, although those people out there take such good care of us. Oh, They're yeah. true Husker fans. They're there for us. Win, lose, draw, we're just um, we're very blessed, and they, they treat us good one way or the other. But I may say that just to, to keep our kids motivated on
2: the road so hey your radio guy is here for no other reason than to give you some ideas that's that's the only reason you I keep me it. around but <laughs> all right <laughs> let's it. talk about this husker team you've got wisconsin tomorrow night seven o'clock at pinnacle bank arena but got to talk about that exciting win against illinois so many things to get to Fifty-seven, fifty-three monday night and i had so many people even people around the league look around and go, oh, you already beat Illinois. You'll you'll win there. And I, I just looked at these people. I'm like, have you ever been on the road in the Big Ten? Okay. Ask Ohio State, who was undefeated, who came into Pinnacle Bank Arena. And by the way, Ohio State just beat Maryland what they thought about coming you know and, and playing a game on the road ask nebraska at wisconsin the last two years how tough it is yeah. anytime yeah. you go to illinois and you were without izzy bourne and trinity brady again uh that you did get a couple of people uh, added to your to your available roster but just uh that was so tough i know that that was so so difficult to win that game and how proud of you are uh, of your team that you did it at the end with defense.
6: I'm incredibly proud of that. I know that, you know, we had been talking about, you know, like just right after um, that Minnesota loss, just about that, you know, the 71 points or whatever it was that we scored in that ball game. That needs to be enough um, for us to win ball games, and we need to be able to hang our hat on defensive stops and being able to do a little bit better job there. And so, I thought that it was really fitting. I thought it showed great um, commitment on our team's part to lock in to the defense and then to come away with a couple key steals down the stretch to secure the win was um, was good but I mean we knew the first time we played Illinois at home it took a special 33 point effort from Sam Hybe, and Izzy Bourne had 20 or or more in that ball game as well and so um, when you're going into a game where the last time we played them you had a a key key contributor with like um, Izzy Bourne who not only scored it for us, but guarded Kennedy Miles for them and um, held her um, really in check, I thought, in the first ball game. Um- You know, we knew it was going to be potentially a different game. It's not just about, you know, home and away and being on the road and things like that, but just also their team has really started to kind of come together. They got some key pieces back, and we um, were going to be playing another game without Izzy Bourne. So um, I'm proud of the way we kind of overcame those circumstances and found a way to to do it on the defensive end and, and come away with a road win.
2: At Jamie Williams. I'm Matt Coatney. We'll take your calls at 531-500-4686. That's also our U.S. Cellular text line brought to you by U.S. Cellular. Proud to be the official wireless sponsor of the Huskers, U.S. Cellular Connecting Husker Nation. All right, the game at the Illini. I got a little concerned about foul trouble on Monday night. Kate King gets her third foul uh, early in the third quarter, and then Bella Cravens got her third foul with 4.50 to go in the third quarter. I thought you did a great job of navigating your way through that, but what was your thought process after Kate got her third and then when Bella got her third?
6: Yeah, I mean, I think the one thing that we've known here um, ever since really kind of Izzy has been out of the picture is that we we have to be very smart and work on being able to stay aggressive defensively, and we keep saying – guard without fouling instead of saying, you know, one of my sports site classes, Matt, you know, they talk about, uh, you know, instead of saying don't foul, don't foul, don't foul, you know, well, I worry sometimes if I say that, that our kids will think that means don't guard.
0: <laughs> so yeah.
6: We've been really stressing in practice and stressing in situations. How can we guard without fouling, but st- still play defense, still adjust shots, potentially be aggressive towards blocks and things without fouling. But um, when you have players like um, uh, Bella Cravens and Kate Kane, who, you know, one of their big fortes and one of the things they bring to us is shot blocking, um, that's easier said than done. And so um, for them to occasionally put themselves in a position where um, they may be called for foul and stuff that's going to happen on occasion. And, um, and I just was really, really proud of what happened um, then was we had other people step up and we knew that that's what it's going to take for our team to be successful and be special is that we have to have contributions from all over the, the board. And um, I thought we got that. I thought Ani, Ani Stewart, this gave us a huge, huge spark when she got that opportunity to be in the ballgame and contribute with the foul trouble that we did have.
2: Now, you mentioned Kennedy Miles, the game in Lincoln. She was held to four points, and you mentioned Izzy Bourne, the job that she had done on her. But, you know, against the rest of the Big Ten, Kennedy Miles has done a lot of damage. She's averaging 11 points per game heading into the game. And you you guys held her to four for 17 And that's without Izzy Bourne. I think that in itself deserves a pat on the back. What kinds of things did you guys try to do to to make it uncomfortable for Miles?
6: Yeah, and I think that just like I mentioned, I think that there were a couple of times where um, when she tried to get to the basket, um, I thought Bella and Kate both were able to kind of time her up pretty good and get a couple of blocked shots on her, which made her a little less likely or hesitant to come in there. And then she was settling for mid-range jumpers, which she's more than capable of making. But, um, you know, we felt like that if we could just get her to take those shots over-contested hands, um, that that would be our best way of trying to defend her. And um, I think ultimately, uh, you know, she still found a way to get up 17 shots, and she's just a really good player. She's a great rebounder. I know that's um, one of our biggest keys is just not to give her second opportunities. I know she had, I think, nine nine rebounds in the game but most of them defensive and you know i thought we just did a good job of keeping her off of the offensive glass which really helped us to control her offensive output as well
2: the number if you'd like to talk to coach williams is 531-500-4686 that's our sports nightly hotline it's brought to you by the woodhouse auto family bringing you more choices in brands locations and service experience the difference purchase with confidence this is what else, Amy. I'm glad you brought up Annika Stewart because I was going to ask you about the job she did stepping up. You know, here you are. You're exactly halfway through uh, league season, and you're already down one post with Izzy Bourne, And then I talked about the foul trouble, and then here comes Annika Stewart into the game. A career high three threes, 12 points. It's easy to look at the offense. Her defense has clearly be- been behind. Uh, her offense that's not uncommon for a freshman but from my chair and I was pretty long way away I'll just say that but from my chair it looked like she gained some confidence defensively it looked like she was doing some communicating how did you feel about Annika Stewart giving you minutes when you had to have her come in there with the others in foul trouble
6: um, I thought she did great. She's continuing to really improve in that area and putting it as a focus. And um, I think um, she had one play where she really kind of swam around and got a steal when they were trying to post feed inside to Eva Rubin. And then another play where she took an offensive foul, um, you know, as she was working in post defense. And so I think um, you know both of those plays were equally important as the threes that she was able to hit on the offensive side of the ball. And I think. Um, She's really – Ani and I had a conversation very, very early um, before we even started games, and we said, you know, usually speaking freshmen – generally speaking freshmen are going to earn their minutes and their opportunities on the defensive side of the ball, and I think she's really buying into that and seeing that and understanding that and making a conscious effort, you know, to come in and try to – uh watch film and talk to coaches and and pay attention and and scouting report defense and stuff because she's seeing just how critically important that side of the ball is
2: well we we mentioned sam Hybe a little bit but i with wisconsin coming up i think it's important to remember how that game ended last year uh with nebraska ahead too late Wisconsin inbounds the ball, and Sam Hybe jumps up and takes the ball away from Nia Beverly on a pass. Hit two free throws, eventually won the game. Then at Illinois the other night, here's Ali and I going to throw the ball in. And when I watch the replays, you know, I've told people many times, they're like, you know, what, what do you need to be a truly great team? And I said, you need playmakers people who, no matter what the scouting report says, no matter what the coaching is, in crunch time, they just make a play. And I saw Sam in, in, in just looking at her, I'm like, she's like, this is going to go to Janae Terry. And she started running. And she outran Janae Terry for the ball and stole it. She just made a huge play. That's two games that I'm just bringing up right here where Sam Hybe arguably won you the game by making great defensive plays that you didn't necessarily coach. Is that a fair statement? Yeah,
6: that's a very fair statement. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's I mean, a very you're a great coach, statement. but, I mean, you know, it is what it is. I mean, um, how valuable has, has Sam been in her career like games and stuff like that?
6: Yeah, I mean, I think that that game at Wisconsin last year was kind of the sign of things to come. Um, I think this year she's been um, a very clutch uh, performer for us and made – plenty of plays that we could point to um, in games throughout this season but I think that game last year at Wisconsin was kind of maybe the first of of that kind of um, sign of of things to come just of her making really clutch plays and particularly you know making a play on the defensive end of the court that really secured a win for us so um, that's a a great reminder for me I like to think about that I've got to watch that game as I was preparing for Um, wisconsin again and and um you know we've had a lot of really really tight ball games with wisconsin in my Mm -hmm. um uh years here uh at nebraska so we expect that to be kind of no different and we hope uh, you know sam will continue to you know be that kind of um instinct player that can make big plays uh, down the stretch
4: It's time to
0: buy or sell. Now here's the hosts of Buy or Sell, Josh Elkeman. and Austin Orman.
4: Well, we got the experts out tonight. I'm Austin. He's Josh. You guys are Greg and Ben, top four finishers from season one Woo, of Buy or Sell and Everyone Plays Edition. Got the you stars out You well, tonight. and you
7: get more episodes. So it's just That's the way right. that it works. Yep, it's exactly right. The other guys, they can, you know, it's they know they're just playing to not finish last. Is, is Tim, how it's going with those Tim, guys?
3: Tim's got some uh, sorting out to do. He he's he's back in the film room trying to get it together. Doesn't he lead? I mean, he does going in, but we've only had like five questions.
7: Yeah, yeah. So let's job. let's no, pump he the brakes. That's like he that's was, like
3: being up two nothing in a basketball game.
4: Well, he was pretty adamant about <laughs> pointing that out last week <laughs> that he was ahead. Well, good for him. Here's the Bills up nine nothing on the Chiefs. We'll give them no. That one. Tim's the 16th seed that wins
3: the tip and goes and gets a layup and assumes it's <laughs> over with.
4: <laughs> oh man! Well, let's jump into the answers we have now. Stop bashing on Tim for a moment. So a Josh NFL question to. from two Wednesdays ago. Josh, who asked us, by yourself that a quarterback throws for at least 425 yards in the divisional round, or that a team scores at least 45 points. The answer to that one was a sell. The high score was the Packers with 32 points. Also, their quarterback, at least for now, Aaron Rodgers, the most passing yards with 296. Of the four of us here, half of us were correct. Ben and I sold it, as did Tim, Greg, and Josh. You bought it as well as Brett. There you go. All right,
7: we move on to another question from two weeks ago. And Ben, you asked a Husker volleyball question by saw that Husker volleyball would win both matches against Indiana and a player would finish with at least 15 kills in each match. And that was a sell. The Huskers, of course, did win both matches both sweeps, but the leading killer in both matches was Lexi's son and she only had 11 in both matches. So it didn't happen in in either match. So uh, the only people who sold it and got it right were myself and the aforementioned Tim Curran. Wow, Tim is on fire. Maybe this is his time. Maybe Maybe it's Tim's time. Tim's time. (laughs) <laughs> that sounds like a movie or Husker something. Husker Sports Originals, yes. Tim's time. <laughs> I mean, maybe if he wins this season, we'll have to make a, a podcast about it, chronicling the improbable the run to greatness in season two of Cell.
4: All right, third answer we have from a couple weeks ago. I asked by yourself that at least two of the four NFL divisional round games hit the over- for their projected point totals. The answer was a sell. Only Packers-Rams went over. The next closest was Tampa Bay-New Orleans, which was only two under that projected line. Ben, you and I are the only two to sell. We got it right. Let's go, baby. I love it. We like to root for points. It paid off that we didn't last week.
7: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Alright, uh, next up from last week, Tim asked an NFL playoff question Buyer saw that Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers would combine for at least 50 completions in their matchup on Sunday. That was a buy. Brady had only 20 so he didn't really do his part. He wasn't very good, especially in the second half, but Rodgers had 33 so he made up for Brady not completing very many passes. That made it a total of 53 completed passes and a buy. Everybody bought it except for Austin. Austin, you didn't I tend it. You didn't, tr- yeah, you didn't trust <laughs> in Brady or Rodgers to get it done, and they did. Mostly on the back of
4: Rodgers, like I said. Yeah. Alas. All right. From the NFL to the NBA, Brett's question. He asked, Buy or sell that De'Aaron Fox of the Kings shoots higher than 34% from three-point range against the Clippers or that Kawhi Leonard and Paul George combined for at least 51 points in the game. The answer was a buy. Both things happened. Fox went two for four. And Kawhi and PG combined for exactly 51. Everyone bought it except for Tim. So come on, we're back Tim. to form. <laughs> I even said both were going to happen when we answered the question. Come on, Tim. Yeah. It was
7: it was a good question though. I mean the the both lines were right on the money. It was exactly 51 points. And I mean, if Fox had taken one more three pointer and missed it, I guess he I can't do math. He still would have gotten it, but. That It still was a decent line, I guess, is what I'm saying. Well, the
3: thing with Fox is he doesn't shoot many threes. He usually shoots between three and five a night. So if he misses one or two of them, in right. this case, he, I guess he missed two. But yeah. It, it, it's, yeah, it wasn't a horrible question.
7: Right. All right, Ben, you had another question here also from the NBA. Buy or saw that Kemba Walker would shoot at least 44% from the floor and score at least 20 points in the same game before the next edition of buy sell which of course is right now that answer was a buy the old parlay came through he had 21 points and shot 58.3 percent from the floor against the Cavs this past sunday and four of us bought it the only two who didn't were brett and austin so the other four of us got it right brett and austin incorrect with the sell what's crazy about that is you think about when kemba came
3: back the big worry with the Celtics was going to be how him, Jalen Brown, and Jason Tatum play together. Well, luckily for Kemba, Tatum ended up missing like three more games than they had originally thought. So Kemba got all those minutes. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I think it was the the game after he did that. Um, and I think it's actually tonight is the first time that they're all going to be on the floor together for the yeah. first time. So kind of lucky how
4: that worked out. Crazy. Four Kemba leavers, two unbelievers. We'll finish <laughs> How up. dare
3: you? Shame on you. <laughs> yeah. You just learned your lesson.
4: I did. I will never doubt Kemba again. All right. One other player to not doubt, Sam Hybe. Tim asked us by herself that Sam Hybe of the Nebraska women's basketball team would score at least 16 points or record at least six assists against Illinois on Monday. Correct answer was a buy. Hybe put up 22 points against the fighting Illini. And all of us got it. No one biffed it. We all bought it. Good for us.
7: Way to yep. go, team! Yay we all believed. Team. We all believed. So let's uh, run through the results from this past week. Ben is you... Tim still in first? <sighs> well, we'll get there. First of all, Ben this week was the best out of all of us. Six of seven. So really solid performance by you, Ben. Only missing one. So uh, one on the week. Tim and I were both 5 of 7. Austin, you and Greg were both 4 of 7, and then Brett brought up the rear this week at 3 of 7. So overall in the season, yes, Tim still has a lead. It's by one point. He's 10 of 14 on the (laughs) season. Uh, One-point lead over Ben, you, and myself. And then, Greg, you and Brett are at right at 50%, 7 of 14. Austin, you're bringing up the rear
4: right now, actually, at 6 of 14, so you need to kick
7: it into gear a little bit.
4: I, I do. It's uh, not a great start to the season, but it's still early. I, I I think Tim and I will regress to our respective means before too long.
3: Austin, i got to ask about your psyche. This has been a rough couple of weeks for you. You... You get dethroned off face-off, and, and your percentage on buy-sell isn't great. <laughs> do
4: they have anything how to do, we, do with how, each other is my question. How do we pull you out of the slump? What do we got to do? You know, it's one of those things where we just keep talking about this slump I'm in, and it's one of those things where I'm just trying to move on to the next game. It keeps getting brought up. I'm just a little <laughs> bit of a mental midget right now, as you might well, say, ben. Welcome gotta, to the media.
3: Welcome to the media know, circus.
4: I know. I just wasn't prepared, so I just got to work through it in real time, go back to the basics one game at a time, got to execute better what it comes down to
7: fair enough all right greg you lead us off tonight all right husker women's basketball
1: question buy or sell if the huskers have three players in double figures tomorrow in their game against wisconsin i'm gonna buy it the other night against illinois they had three Hybe got into the 20s and then they had a player with 12 and a player with 11
7: Hmm. and they really haven't been shooting it very well right Uh, that's actually impressive that they had three, given that Hybe scored 22 of what their 57 points. So, I I'm gonna sell it. I'm gonna say that Hybe goes off again, and one other player goes off, and then nobody else gets to that double digit mark. So I'll sell it. Not saying they're gonna lose. I think they'll win, but I'm gonna sell it also.
4: Uh, let's let's split it down the middle. I'll take the buy on this one. I'll buy it. Very good, Ben. All right, boys.
3: High high (laughs) octane, thoughtful question here. Buy or sell that the coin flip for the Super Bowl lands on tails. Tails never fails.
7: I'm buying it. Give me tails all day. Yeah, same. Like I said, tails never fails.
4: I just had my internet browser flip a coin. It came up tails. I think that's a sign. I'll buy it.
7: I'll be different. I'll sell.
4: (laughs) Greg's going heads. Wow just going out on a limb. I don't know
7: what your research showed, but that's crazy. All right. I'm sure somebody out there has tallied it up. How many yeah, times probably. The, the did you, on you didn't tables. do any research Ben to Nope, no research. No research. All right.
3: I, the only reason I thought of it is because it's the most popular prop bet on Super Bowl Sunday. So
7: yeah, I think we've uh, asked the question before. Maybe I'll try to look it up before the end of this segment, but I, I think we've asked that question before. Uh, Let's go over to Husker Volleyball next. Buy or sell that Nebraska does not lose a set before their match with Minnesota on February 19th. Uh, they face Northwestern this weekend, then Maryland and Rutgers before they take on the Gophers. And I will buy it. I I know that anything can happen, especially in, in volleyball, but uh, I'll buy it. I think that they remain... Uh, unblemished before they they face off with the gophers
4: not losing the entire set that long would be absolutely impressive but with everything they have come back they didn't hardly miss a beat against indiana opening weekend so yeah i'll believe in volleyball i'll buy it yeah i'll buy
3: sure clean sweep we got a lot of we got a lot of faith in Hustle. How, how about that we're, we're all buying the fact that they're not good <laughs> Not going <laughs> to drop a set that's, for, like, the fir- first however many weekends. That's right. Insane. Well,
7: that's a lot of sets because they've already played six, and then they're going to play 18 more. So that's 24 sets. They'd be 24-0 in sets going into Minnesota the, if that happens. The
1: only chance they have a losing ones this weekend.
7: I agree. Yeah, I agree. Because
1: Maryland and Rutgers are brutal.
7: Yeah. Brutal. Yeah. yeah. I 100% agree with that. And I here's the thing. It's interesting how – playing back-to-back, playing the same team twice in the same weekend, but to me that gives the advantage to the better coach and coaching staff, and I think the Huskers definitely outmatch all their opponents in that, so I, you know, it's a matter of winning that first match and then not taking it easy in the second one.
4: Alright, from Husker Volleyball to college basketball, my question for you guys is, buy or sell that the Big 12 wins the Big 12 SEC Challenge in men's college basketball this weekend? I am going to buy that one. I'm happy Mm -hmm. to give you the matchups if you'd like as well. Let's hear them. All right. So these are all on Saturday. From the top, we've got the Trevor Knight Bowl, Alabama and Oklahoma and Norman. We've got Texas A&M at Kansas State, Texas Tech at LSU, Florida at West Virginia, TCU at Missouri, Auburn at Baylor. Arkansas at Oklahoma State, Kansas at Tennessee, Iowa State at Mississippi State, and Texas at Kentucky. You're buying for yep. the Big Twelve, selling for the SEC. And there, are, so there are ten total match,
1: ten total games. Is that yep. right? Yep. So, so if it's a tie, got to, Big Ten's
4: got to have or Big Twelve's yeah. got to have six.
1: I got it six four Big Twelve. I buy.
3: Ooh. Hmm. <clears throat> Excuse me. I feel like. So many
7: times out of these ironically it ends in a tie. Yeah. That's I I'll cut you off here Ben. I I think I'm going to sell for that reason. I think that it will end in a tie, which will make it a sell. I'm going to
3: buy it. I don't feel very good about it though. I just I like the way a lot of those Big 12 teams are playing
7: right now. Yeah, no doubt. All right, we go over to Tim's question next, and he asked, I saw that Nebraska will sweep Northwestern this weekend in both matches and Lexi's Sun will total at least 10 kills in each match. Now, this is very similar to Tim's question last week, asking if they would... Uh, sweep. Yeah, shake it up, Tim. Come or I on. guess no, that, that was Ben's <laughs> was question. question. That was oh. Ben's question. So he basically me. He copied me. He copied, still, yeah. Still some, stole stole way out. Copying the homework. But Lexi Sun did have eleven kills in each match last week. So um, I'm actually gonna sell that though. I think maybe they they mix it up a little bit. I think that they do sweep because I've already bought that. But I think maybe Lexi Sun will take. One match off, where she's not carrying the load, and somebody else will do the heavy lifting. So I'll sell. I have the same logic as
1: Josh. I'll sell. Him. Yeah, it, when you sweep, you don't your chance of a bunch of kills goes down. So you just because you don't get that fourth and fifth sets to really rack them up. And it's an and question, so I'm predetermined. Right. myself. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna sell. Also,
3: um, just think she she did it last week, but had 11. So. I mean, right on the border uh, even last week, too. So I'm going to sell. Right.
4: Very All good. All right. Brett's submission is from the NBA. Sensing a theme with Brett's question. He asked us, buy or sell that James, ja- yeah, that, uh, James Wiseman outscores Anthony Edwards in tonight's Warriors-Timberwolves matchup or that either yeah. player scores over 20 points. I will buy it, and I think Edwards will outscore Wiseman by getting over 20 points.
7: Hmm. It's an an or question, isn't it? Yeah, an or question. I...
1: Hmm. I'll buy it. Usually with an or one of those two hits, I think.
7: Yeah, I feel like it's kind of hard for it not to. I don't really know a lot about either of those guys, so I'll just buy it.
3: Neither of them will get to 20. Um... I'm worried about, I mean, had this question been asked a week ago, I'm taking Wiseman easily, but he's not in the
7: rotate He's not starting anymore. and He only played like 15 minutes in their last game. So you're saying Brett knows something that we don't, or that the three of us don't and you do? Um, the problem with Edwards, though, is he is a horrific shooter. <laughs> <I> <laughs> Gets
3: mean, a lot of shots, though. He does. Some he shoots it a ton, ahead. but he misses a ton. It's actually a really good question. So neither are gonna get to twenty.
4: Who gets closer, though? Uh. Man, give me.
3: Um, I'm gonna reluctantly reluctantly take Wiseman just because Towns isn't playing. So is that a sell? If you're buying
7: that Wiseman outscores
3: Edwards, yeah, then I want, it's a I buy. Want Wiseman. Okay, I'm buying. Wiseman scored double
1: figures in his last five games. All right, very good. All right, Greg, back to you. Okay, a uh, Husker wrestling question. Buy or sell that the Husker wrestling team scores at least 22 points this weekend against Wisconsin. And I'm actually going to sell this one. Hmm. How good is Wisconsin? They're ranked, I think, 18th. Look,
3: 22 is a decent number. For yeah. A duel. I'm going to sell it, too. I think they get close. I don't know if they
7: get there. You know what? I'll be different. I'll buy it. Why not?
4: Well, I have seen Nebraska put up 22 points in two of its three ranked matches, so I'll buy it. Sure. Why not? You know what? And Keep you can,
7: Greg, next segment when you talk to Coach Manny, you can tell him that Austin nice and I yeah. both bought that they would they, get them. The
1: Huskers scored
7: 22 against Minnesota,
1: 6 against Iowa, 26 against Northwestern, and then they swept Maryland 36 nothing. There you Anybody go. Everybody wants to change their. I'm picks. buying.
7: I'm yep. Okay, all in. Ben, all right. All right, back to the
3: NFL. Back to the Super Bowl. Buy or sell that? Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey combined for more receptions than Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, and Rob Gronkowski Oof. in the Super Bowl. So you've got. The big two for Kansas City and Tyreek and Kelsey, and the three for the Buccaneers with Evans, Godwin, and Gronk. Hmm. And the thing that's tricky here is Sammy Watkins did practice some today, so he could potentially play in the Super Bowl, which would probably take a couple of receptions away from those guys. Yeah. But I'm still buying. Give me the Chiefs.
7: Yeah. That's that's where my head is at. I'm, I'm buying it. I know that it obviously could go another way where – Like, even if you just shut down one of those – like, if you shut down Kelsey, then Tyreek's probably not going to make up for that. Or, you know, if for whatever reason Brady's just slinging the rock all around, then it
4: it could go against you, but I'm I'm still buying it. See, the thing that makes me almost want to take Hill and Kelsey is that Hill absolutely torched Carlton Davis the first time around. He had about 40 catches himself the first matchup. Uh, I'm going to sell, though. Give me the the combination of three. Bye. All right.
7: Love it. Before we get to my next question, uh, I did find the time that we only asked one question about uh, the coin toss, and it was from two Super Bowls ago, and it was uh, asking if the team that would win the coin toss would win the game. And that was a sell because the Rams won the coin toss but lost the game. So we haven't done an actual will it land it's on heads tails. or tails. So yeah, all right. I do have an NFL-related question here with this one: buy or sell that the winner of the virtual Pro Bowl will win by eight points or more, and I will buy it. I'm gonna guess it's not a close game. Somebody is gonna, one of the teams is gonna be better at playing Madden 21 than the other.
4: There's got to be a couple gamers on each side, but yeah, I'll buy it too. Yeah, I'll buy. How, what's the format? I don't even
7: understand. There's, a, there's four uh, players, some actual NFL or former NFL players, and then some other celebrities that are on each team. So four players on each team, five-minute quarters. They each get to play one quarter of the game, okay. one for the AFC, one for the NFC, and it's playing with like the actual selected voted-on rosters of the right. Pro Bowl. Um.
4: Yeah, give me the blowout. I'm buying it. Very good. Love it. Take the points. All right, last question of the week. Do you guys buy or sell that there are at least 130 rushing yards in the Super Bowl? I think we're going to see a very pass-happy Super Bowl, so I will sell. I'll take the under 130.
7: I'm mm. buying it. I think that there... They'll run the ball a little bit more in the Super Bowl you see teams especially early on come out a little bit more conservative trying to feel each other out so I'll go with a buy and it doesn't take much to break off one big run and take up a big chunk of that right and
1: even some of those jet sweeps those things can be sure. runs but Tampa doesn't run it very much They're although fournette got it going a little bit 130 seems like a pretty low bar so I'll I'll buy it okay
3: yeah, I'm a buy too. This is combined, right? Yeah. Yep.
1: Yeah.
4: My original line was going to be 150, but that seemed really high, so I bumped it down a little. There you go. Okay.
1: Here you go. There have been 54 Super Bowls. 29 times it has come up tails. Ha! <laughs> and we're batting over 50 percent. 29 to 25. Tails <laughs> to heads. <laughs>
7: That's hilarious. I mean, and that well, means I, I, last I, year. It was tails. I feel like that means we're Ooh. due for a heads because it's... So, Greg, the, uh, Greg do you feel the, better or worse having done the research?
1: Well, okay, of the one, two, three, four, five, six... Of the last seven, only two have been heads. Ooh. So they got to be... Or is this the gambler's fallacy? I'm just going to say that. Yeah. I don't know. The two Super Bowls before last year it was heads, but those <laughs> are the only two. It, it had a streak of five straight tails... And then two in a row heads, and then it went tails last year. Wow. So. Crazy. All right. Hey, that's good. We're back. Sports Nightly here on a Wednesday night. Coming up this weekend, the Huskers will take to the mats for the final time this year at the Devaney Center against Wisconsin on Sunday. And joining joining us now is the head coach, Mark Manning. Hey, coach. How you doing? You surviving this wild weather week we were having?
8: Yeah, we are, Greg. Yeah, it's it's, uh, it's been wild for sure, and uh, record snowstorm there. But uh, yeah, we're getting through it, and and our guys are making the practice we, It was a chore on uh, Monday. But uh, but uh, our guys showed up, so it was awesome.
1: Great. Well, you're coming off of a two winning two duels over the weekend over Northwestern and Maryland, and I know you challenged the guys. You you weren't overly excited uh with the 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 results in Iowa City the week before how, how did you feel like they responded last weekend
8: they they did a great job they they responded well and i think we just our intensity and our 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 focus was was better up and down the lineup and um you know our guys uh they they uh they shortened a lot of life and and uh we we put up a lot of points and and just just being aggressive and and uh, wrestling our way was was great to see, and we just want to keep building off of it.
1: You're, you're jamming a lot of matches into a short window here, with the the, the the delay of the start of the year. You had two duels last week, just one this week, and I know you got one coming up in a couple weeks for you. I think you got three duels coming up. Um, how do yep. you how do you combat the fatigue and yet get the work in to get them better? I mean, that's got to be a balancing act for you, isn't it?
8: Yeah, it is. It's, you know, it's, it's, uh, we have six dates of competition and there's like, like you mentioned last week, we had two duels and this Sunday we, we, uh, we have our last home match with Wisconsin on Sunday. And then, and then we go to Indiana, um, February 6th with, with, uh, three, we have three in one day. It's going to be a challenge, Indiana, Michigan state and Rutgers. So, um, and then we have a week off and then our last duel with illinois so it's really <laughs> it's coming to a to an end pretty abrupt abruptly, and you know it's um you know be over in a flash, and we're just trying to really get our guys to really focus on you know making the most of each opportunity and um and just just being their best so we're um you know we're we're trying to make the the most of their opportunities. And, um and making it count you know it just is bringing that intensity and that focus to the mat each each uh, each one of our guys
1: coach I know you didn't have Taylor venz available for you when you opened against Minnesota is he good to go where, where is he right now and, and how's he been competing for you
8: he's he's good to go he um he he competed really well last weekend um you know just going out against Iowa he wasn't you know, I just didn't have him ready mentally and physically, and and he he uh, we probably shouldn't have had him wrestle that weekend, but but it is what it is, and you know we'll see that kid in uh, in at the Big Ten tournament. So you know, really nothing's really lost. Really, just everything's in front of us from from our perspective. So it's uh, he he's uh, he's got a, a lot of talent, and he loves the sport. Uh, You know, just Taylor just kind of sometimes gets in his own way a little bit mentally and just overthinks things. But when he's when he's right, he's as good as there is in the country. And so he's uh, he's having a good week of practice. And, you know, we expect him to do good things on Sunday.
1: Visiting with Husker wrestling coach Mark Manning, they do face Wisconsin Sunday at the Devaney Center. The last time they'll roll the mats out this year at the Devaney Center for a home duel for the Huskers. You've had some great battles down through the years with the Badgers. I know last year Peyton Rob was really impressive for you against Wisconsin. Update us on Peyton, and then give us a little history about these matchups you've had with the Badgers down through the years.
8: Yeah, we've had some. We've had some. Uh, some back and forth matches, you know, um, you know, it usually, it usually comes down to, you know, uh, we, we've had a couple of duels where, where we've got a pin and, and, it's really separated, um, the match, uh, mass score, you know, one way or the other. And, uh, you know, a couple of years ago we got beat up there. We were probably favored. And, um, you know, one of our guys got pinned and we were counting on a big win. So, it just it it usually comes down to a few matches but but uh I really like you know where our team is this year against their team and uh you know we're uh you know we like you mentioned Peyton Rob, he's you know, he's a sophomore. Um he's off to a great start. He's ready to he really had a really good weekend last weekend and um you know, he's he's a hammer. He's gonna be a hammer moving forward. We're we're uh, we're fortunate to have him and he's just keep getting better. He's got a great attitude. He's got a great spirit about him. And, um, you know, he, his work ethic is second to none. And we, we just, he really adds to our culture. We really like this guy that just brings, um, you know, a lot of character. He's a, he's a, you know, academic, all big 10 guy. He's just a well-rounded young man. That's uh, he's going to be a champion. So,
1: and coach, he's, he's wrestling up a, a level, right? He went from one fifty seven to one sixty five this year. Is he carrying that weight pretty well?
8: Yeah, yes. He's, uh, you know, he's kind of in betweener, and you know, we just we we thought he might really compete better at one sixty five, just energy wise. And he's, a, you know, he's a strong guy. Strength's not really a factor, and um, you know, the the bigger in the weight class, usually the they, they're not as fast. Right. Yeah. The, the smaller guys are quicker and faster and and uh so you know it's it's really good for him I think and he's handling the weight well and you know he's he's uh he's really made some strides here the last couple of weeks and it's just hard uh managing this year, um just getting your guys in peak shape with only six contests. Yeah <laughs> because Usually, you have we have November and part of December really to get our guys ready for the Big Ten conference meets. And so, you know, just you know, hitting the ground running right away, it's it's a it's a lot different, and um, you know, it's a lot different for our guys. But same for everyone, I guess. And we're we're just trying to take advantage of that and make make sure our guys are the most well prepared uh, team out there
1: how big of an adjustment has it been if any that you don't have a lot of folks in the building when you do these i mean wrestling's and uh, sports in general is just a, you you get the adrenaline from that the people that are rooting you on and all that stuff and now they can hear their teammates and you and the coaches but has it been an adjustment is it i mean maybe you even notice it not, that there's not a lot of noise in the building
8: yeah for sure uh, greg you're you're right you know sports are about emotion sometimes and that emotional boost you can get, your team can get, or individuals can get, or are are huge. That can that can put you over the top in in, in competition and competition of any any sport. So that that emotional thing is what we really talked about before our season start. That you really have to you have to bring the emotion. You have to bring, be the emotional guy, um, and that that energizer bunny, you know, because. You're not getting it off the crowd. You're not. You know, it's just not the same. Um, obviously, we notice it at, at Iowa City. Uh, yep. Even their coaches were were uh, pretty loud, but uh, but there's not 15,000 fans in there breathing down you down your neck. So uh, <laughs> that was a re- relief for us. But but at the end of the day, it's it's uh, about stepping on that mat and really using it your advantage your your energy that you bring and i think that's that's really good for these young people because i don't think you know if football player goes out you you how can't you be juiced up 90,000 fans right or in pinnacle bank arena with 18,000 i talked to fred about this and, and doc and stuff you know it's easier to get up and and it's it's just a skill that you have to learn you have to get yourself up ready to go and and um I think our our guys are dealing with it pretty good, and and they're they're trying to master it on the on the fly.
1: Well, that's great. You mentioned Fred and Doc. How about what those guys are going through? That's got to be rough, right?
8: Ooh, I saw I I saw Fred uh, yesterday at, at the Bob Devaney Center. First time I've seen him since I think January sixth, maybe. So uh, <laughs> he looked good. He he looked like he's doing well. So uh yeah that's that's a tough goal for these guys you know i know you know they're got Derek walker back and you know they're they were liking the 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 way their team was was trending and getting you know used to playing more and more games here in the big 10 but yeah we're hoping they're they're going to get back soon I, i guess another week or so right yeah one more week Coach, we appreciate
1: it. Good luck Sunday. Yeah. Huskers against Badgers, 2 o'clock at the Devaney Center. It's on BTN+. Plus. We always appreciate it, Coach. Good luck on Sunday.
8: Hey, thanks a lot, Greg. Go Huskers.